Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL Show. My name is Shane Brennan and thank you for joining me for this week's Field Report. Today we're talking about all things Arizona Cardinals, so I'm delighted to say joining me from Arizona is Blake Murphy from the Revenge of the Birds at SB Nation. Uh, Blake, I imagine you must feel pretty good being an Arizona Cardinals fan today. Yeah, honestly, after you get reports preseason where most national analysts are predicting that there's a chance you go 0-17, not only do you prove that narrative wrong over the first three weeks, by being a competitive team, but you do get that win in week three. And it's against a Dallas Cowboys team that many have been talking about with Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, just something, at least, that's a credit to the Cardinals fan base who have been able to tough it out through what's been an overall difficult offseason, at least, to, to say the least, and being surrounded by a lot of blue on Sunday. Uh, the faithful, at least, have been rewarded in that sense by seeing a Cardinals team that Took it to the Cowboys as they've kind of been doing for the past decade plus. And it's a good Monday to wake up and go into the office if you're a one of the lucky few, at least, who happens to be wearing the uh, the red and the white for the bird gang. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just to contextualize this a bit, when I started doing this field report, I guess we were kind of going to focus on a few teams each week. And one of the teams I wanted to focus on from the start was the Cardinals because I remember seeing a lot of stuff, like you mentioned, in national media that the cards were shoe-ins for 0-17 for at least getting into a position where they're going to be going to be getting the number or going to be given the number one draft pick yet they came out of the blocks against the commanders against the giants against the cowboys and have played quite well and i think probably should be two and one but are one and two in arizona how is that media talk in a national sense being taken is there a sense that oh everybody's right and you were expecting a bad start to the season or was there more confidence in arizona that this team can be feisty and can win games and can show potential to do better than they did last season. Yeah, I think there's been kind of two places there. There's been one level where people have looked at essentially what the team has done without being with Kyler Murray and has viewed it through very much a lens of this is going to be a rough year, a rough season. I think a lot of people bought into, maybe not bought into the hype, but maybe like bought into the anti-hype as it were. There's been others who have kind of seen and heard what we've had the coaches preach in camp. And a lot of it has been very teaching-oriented, very instructional, very this is why we do things. Uh, went to training camp this year, saw a lot more instruction and teaching, looking at the fundamentals as far as for in years past. It just felt like it was a different angle. Players were talking about how the coaching staff was much more buttoned up as far as players would start eating in the middle of a meeting. And coaches like, hey, you're going to get fined for that. And they were actually grateful as a player to see it. It almost be like that return to more of the hard-nosed football, more of here's what the culture is that we're doing. And what we saw instead, I think, in the national perspective was a couple of Jonathan Gannon scenes and quotes where it was like him talking to Rondale Moore, like a viral clip where he's like, hey, shots, explosion, zoom, zoom. People were like, wow, that is really, really weird. <laughs> or another quote of him talking about who, you know, who drove into work, who took the bus, talking about fire in your gut. A lot of people just looked at Jonathan Gannon and essentially wrote him off in a similar way to when Nick Sirianni had a poor first press conference with the Eagles. It's like, all right, set up a failure, just go ahead and write him off. Really, I think that you can say, yes, we've learned that Jonathan Gannon can be a bit of like that goober slash, you know, more motivational guy. But We've really seen through the first three weeks that the players have bought in, which means that you're not going to basically sell something and not see people buy it unless there's something of substance there. And the substance that we've seen with this Cardinals team isn't just that they're aggressive and buttoned up, but that they actually have coaches who are able to 
put them in the best position to succeed. And that's part of why they've been in each of these games in the first three weeks and ultimately part of why they were able to go out and beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah, and just on that, I mean, we we see so many times where it's almost like the opposite of what's happening at the Los Angeles Chargers because that seems like a team that has great talent, but it doesn't seem to be coached well enough to, to work out games where after losing Kyler Murray and I guess people were expecting that the talent of the Cardinals wasn't at the grade that they've been performing at with this. We've seen now that they've been coached uh, very well. They seem to be able to plan for games. I, for the bits of the game against the, the Cowboys, I've seen the offensive drives, I thought were very well designed. Do you think that maybe the sense of, I guess, being underdogs or being written off has meant that they've had more time to focus on themselves and plan for these games go, uh, much better than the Giants did going into the first half or the Cowboys did at all yesterday? Um, and if so, is that level of high planning something that we can expect to continue throughout the season? Because it's the NFL. Things can change very quickly. For sure. And where Arizona has been most competitive, I think, um, has ultimately been in being able to come in with a game plan specifically designed for that team and actually it being a working game plan. We would often see, I think, with Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph, they would go and put together a game plan and you would see a lot of success over the first half of the season. Uh, you look at the Cardinals in 2020 getting off to a 6-2 and two start, 2021, obviously that 7-0 and o start that the team got off to where people were looking at them as Super Bowl contenders. When the adjustments were made later in the season, you were able to see at least a lot of times they would be dictating in game planning and couldn't necessarily be adjusted to. It was like you kind of had plan A and then you had plan B. And if a team threw plan C at you, the old Cardinals regime would struggle a lot of times. And I think that would be the same for how they drafted players as well. Trying to draft players, whether it was for specific roles or trying to kind of fitting some of these square pegs into a round hole. Uh, with this new Cardinals regime, I think one of the biggest advantages that they've had is Jonathan Gannon is from the NFC East, and they've played three NFC East teams so far. So that's two times a year you're having to face those opponents over the last few years. So that's already given him a bit of an advantage in that regard. But on the other side, some of what we can see at least is about execution, and that comes with being dialed up, being able to do your job. Before the game, um, the report from the field said that when Cardinals players were asked about how they were going to attack this Cardinals defense, how would they deal with Micah Parsons? They said by having a balanced rushing attack, by being able to run right at him, that's able to take the pass rush uh, element out of their game and really kind of put them off guard. And what happened on the very first play of the game, we see Micah Parsons runs upfield. We've got a zone read essentially that's there and they're running kind of what's a, a counter play. And Micah Parsons, who goes right after the running back, Josh Dobbs simply reads Micah Parsons, grabs the ball, and runs around the left end for 44 yards. You realize all of a sudden, oh, the Cardinals recognize Micah Parsons is overly aggressive at times. He's going to try to make that big tackle for loss in the run game. If we put him into conflict specifically, and we've got a guy who can run the ball in Josh Dobbs, we're going to be able to actually get a really decent play out of here. And went off for 44 yards, so you recognize that they were able to see and understand what they were looking at on the film throughout the week, put together a game plan, and at the end of the day, if you don't execute, it doesn't matter. The fact that these Cardinals are executing, I think, shows a lot of not just that the coaching staff is preparing them, but that they're stepping up to the challenge as well, despite probably having less talent than the majority of other teams in the NFL. Yeah, you mentioned there, uh, trying to deal with Micah Parsons, it's a good situational football, but I guess it's to take it back a step to contextualize, I think, the the expectation of the Cardinals going into the season. We know that in 
2021, they were 11 and 6, and they made the playoffs, but then lost to the Rams. And then they go into 2022, they're 4 and 13. They're not really lighting things up. There was a couple of of kind of highlight games, the way that they came back against the Raiders, for example, that was early on in the season. So, what what happened in that in that gap between 2021 and 2022 that was the real kind of drop off in standards in the ability of the team, and why did people think that? that drop-off would continue instead of being reversed under a new coaching regime. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do just with how the old regime did business and whether it was owner-driven, whether it's general manager-driven. One of the things that former GM Steve Kine would talk about would be that he'd think you'd have to kind of go for it every year because you could retool in the NFL, move back cap space. And it's kind of like if you're talking about, you know, like a, a high dive act or someone kind of tiptoeing into the edge of a diving board, you can kind of get further and further toward it or be like, oh, I'm going to jump now. Oh, I'm going to jump. And after a while, if you get too close to the edge, you may slip. And that's really where the Cardinals were at near the end of 2021. They were a very top heavy team that had paid a lot of money to J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, brought in a bunch of older veteran receivers and were able to make it all work with Tyler Murray's rookie contract. And at the end of 2021, when Watt went out and when DeAndre Hopkins was hurt, we really saw teams adjust to the Cardinals schematically and started making Kyler Murray look very uncomfortable. Uh, You can see even in that playoff game against the Rams, it wasn't simply that Kyler played poorly. It was that pretty much everyone played poorly. They needed to do a bit of a reset and focus on depth. And what they did that year was they said, we need to go out and just fix our biggest needs. We're going to go and grab a second tight end, try to adjust maybe the scheme we're going to grab another wide receiver. Meanwhile, the offensive line is having Rodney Hudson basically ready to retire with injuries. They lose a lot of guys, at least, who are kind of just at the end of their careers. It was like they stretched it out a little bit too thin. And the bottom really fell out then when a lot of their first uh, first round picks at linebacker just simply did not end up working out. So you're talking about a team that is pretty much almost over the cap, who's got a lot of aging players at the end of this season. You go and see Byron Murphy, leaves to the Vikings. Zach Allen signs with the Broncos, goes back to Vance Joseph. J.J. Watt, who had been their best defensive lineman, 34 years old, is your best defensive lineman. That's usually not good. He retires. So you suddenly have a very depleted defense along with an offense that really just doesn't seem to have a lot working for it. It's short of a wide receiver one. And Kyler Murray tears his ACL in week 10. You're looking at a 10-month process at least. And this is a guy who makes his living with his legs. Uh, it's basically a guy who was rushed for over, I think, 800 yards before the Cardinals have wanted him to use his legs. It opens up so many things. You really started looking at this team of saying they don't have a whole lot for the most part. You've got Colt McCoy and a fifth round rookie at quarterback. And on the defensive side, you've got Buda Baker is your one pro bowler, a couple of late day three picks at cornerback. And you really are just talking about a front defensive line that had not a single recognizable name on it. So Arizona has been able to use a rotation in a lot of different ways at the front of the defensive line. And has been able to play good coverage overall in the secondary that even without Buda Baker, they've been able to compete with teams. Just hasn't been necessarily the spot where they've thrived as far as being able to take that next step. But They've been good enough, at least, to be able to hang in there. And on Sunday, they're good enough to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, which is, which is, I guess, considering the hype going uh, surrounded the Cowboys going, that it seems good enough. I think, too, you mentioned Kyler Murray there, obviously, franchise quarterback. We're going to focus a little bit on him. He was, as you mentioned there, he teared his ACL in Week 10 of last season. 
He was being put on the PUP list. There's talk about maybe him coming back at some point during the season. I mean, when can we expect him to be back in the squad? And is it maybe a good thing for the Cardinals for him to effectively not play this season or if it is going to play, play at the very end just so he has the full year to recover and, and come back in 2024? That's what's the hardest thing to know is Kyler because in an ordinary situation, you would look at the quarterback tears his ACL in later in the year. It's probably coming back maybe after the first six weeks, maybe first eight weeks. Normally, we'd get a veteran quarterback and try to be able to get by, but this Arizona team at least recognized where they were, and that wasn't necessarily in a place where they were going to uh, be competing for the playoffs, especially not with the likes of Kyler Murray. They've put a lot of the eggs into the 2024 basket, clearing up cap room. The biggest thing uh, with him is this is a unique situation for a quarterback to face because you're talking about a quarterback who, when I look back at the last few years, a Sam Bradford, even Joe Burrow, even Carson Palmer with the Cardinals, when all of them tore their ACL, they came back the following year, and most of them were good to go for week one, but they also stayed in the same offense. Kyler Murray has shifted from this air raid-centric offense to kind of this new run-heavy, much more play-action under center that's got completely different terminology so when you're running the same type of air raid system ever since high school to college to then cliff kingsbury and a lot of not just the terminology is the same and the concepts to going to something completely new not only is that going to be a huge transition to have to learn but you're also going to have to then be able to practice and execute it so what i've at least felt like has been that if the cardinals are intent on wanting to keep kyler healthy for the long term and do what's best by him that they would essentially not play him until he's like full go. And then after that, probably give some practice time to work with the receivers. Make sure you're not throwing him out there to just kind of get mauled because he has to repeat like a certain side of the, the play call. Uh, and as a result, a lot of people have wondered then if he's not going to come back until late October, November at earliest, if Cardinals ended up being like winless or have one win by that point, People wondered, that's where all the tanking questions came from. Like, hey, if this Cardinals team doesn't get Kyler back then and they've already got, you know, injuries, guys are out, they're not winning many games, do you want to bring him back and then see him potentially, like, push it a little too far and get hurt again? Or do you see that the Cardinals are able to, you know, build something around him, have him come in and play super well? The real thing that's been interesting is there's been a lot of bad NFL teams this year, and... We'll find out because most people, I think, looked at the Cardinals, saw their offseason, how little they spent, and went, oh, yeah, we're tanking. We're going to get a new quarterback. Kyler's not going to play. What we've seen, I think, on Sunday shows that they are competing with other teams, and they at least have enough to be maybe not competitive overall, but at least competitive enough. It'll just really depend on what happens, I think, over the next couple of months, not just with how Kyler looks in his recovery, but where the team is at, is this kind of the exception and a lone win for Arizona? Or is this kind of the start where you see them kind of string together, you know, maybe be competitive against the Niners, if Joe Burrow's out against the Bengals. Then you might start talking about maybe a late season push to kind of cement the team and Kyler's status for next year. Because as of right now, you're pretty sure that he's the guy, but there's enough doubt as to whether he's the guy or not from what people have seen over the past few years that... I can understand the skepticism while at the same time saying people are forgetting like just how good he is because if Kyler Murray's on this Cardinals team, they're probably 3-0 entering this uh, next week just because of the impact that he would have on that offense. And just regarding the whole Kyler Murray situation, I think a lot of the talk going into the offseason or throughout the offseason was that if the Cardinals do end up with the 
first or second overall pick, then they're going to pick a quarterback because the quarterback class in 2024 is pretty much exceptional. So that leaves you with a very difficult situation between Kyler Murray, who uh, I'm right in saying Arizona have committed uh, quite a lot of money to as well, and a, a Caleb Williams, let's say. So his maybe the fact that the Cardinals are playing good enough to be better than the teams that are now probably in the running to get the top spot, probably the Bears and the Broncos. Um, does that maybe coming into next season leave one less decision for the organization to make because you know that you have Kyler Murray so then you can focus your money and your development on improving other areas of the offense? I think that it might, uh, but also the thing that's tough to remember is it is still pretty early in the season and that kind of goes for both positive and negative. Um, one thing that I remember about last year's Arizona Cardinals was that entering week three, they had a Seattle game, and they were two and two at the time. They had won a game against the Panthers and had that crazy come-from-behind win against the Raiders. You felt like that that could have been the team's chance to get back into the playoff picture, and they got shellacked. And then over the next few weeks, they ended up finishing with a 4-13 and 13 record overall. And so even that 500 start quickly turned away, and they lost pretty much every game down the stretch once Kyler went out against the Patriots. I think that we'll see where it goes. For me, I felt like that the decision will not necessarily come down to weighing the options, but it's a spot that I think every team would try to make because if you're looking at your current franchise quarterback and they're at a spot where you look at someone who's similar, like you said, Williams, maybe there's you know, quarterbacks in that class, the rookie quarterback contract is the quickest way to earned toward a Super Bowl. I think of how the Philadelphia Eagles paid Carson Wentz. He kind of gets traded away to go with Jalen Hurts and are able to trade for A.J. Brown, build a team around him. That's how the Cardinals had gotten to the playoffs behind Kyler Murray before. And if you end up saying, hey, we have a choice between moving to that rookie quarterback contract and paying one guy $40 million over five years until we have to you know, start seeing that price range go up or you pay Kyler Murray at about $40 million or so a year. Now, not all of that's guaranteed, a lot of quarterbacks are getting paid more. Usually teams will take that approach, but most teams are not going to have that choice on hand. It's kind of a place at least of where you can at least take a look at the quarterback's position for most teams in the league and say, yeah, if I could choose to have a quarterback who's just as good or better and making less, you almost always take that angle. So I think that it wouldn't be a decision, but you have to be in that place to begin with. And as you mentioned, Bears at least have tried to go for it, and they look like a total mess. The Denver Broncos, uh, they seem to be able to, uh, giving up touchdowns to the Miami Dolphins even this morning. There's a lot of teams that have looked worse ultimately than the Cardinals, and even the Texans, whose pick they do own, they win. It feels like we're in a spot where Cardinals kind of have that ace in the hole with Kyler Murray, where they don't need to go out and get a brand new quarterback to be able to go out and be competitive next year because they've got that guy on the roster if they do happen to end up in that situation, or if, let's say, he ends up in more of an RG3 type scenario where he's never going to be the same, they do have draft capital to be able to potentially see about making one of those moves to make a change. But at the end of the day, it really is going to come down to, like, if we see Kyler Murray comes back and plays well, why would you want to move on? If you're down there, you're winning games, you're not going to have the opportunity for that quarterback. It really feels kind of like the Arizona's in a win-win where either they're going to get a new quarterback on a cheaper contract or they're going to be able to roll into next year and say, cool, we can grab a top wide receiver. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is a name people have mentioned. We can grab a top pass rusher or a cornerback on the defensive side and they could roll in with a lot of talent potentially in trading back for that pick in the future. 
they've at least been in a spot where they recognized going into last year that they really needed to do a better job of drafting and developing. And so far with this regime, we've kind of seen them be able to build a bunch better foundation that hopefully lasts longer than some of the previous Cardinals good teams, which would have a small little peak and then would kind of quickly flame out at the end of each of those regimes just because they were going for it every year. And I think just in relation to, before we move on to what the Cardinals have ahead of them in October, it's a pretty tough, um, pretty tough camera. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, want to talk about, uh, we, were, we were mentioning the quarterback's situation, the fact that Caleb Williams' father effectively came out and said that Kyler struggled because of where he was drafted and suggested that Kyler Murray, if he didn't like the options of where he was likely to land at the top draft pick, would just play for USC for another season. You know, are the Arizona Cardinals that bad of an organization that a talent like like Caleb Williams would not want to go there; would rather stay in college for another year. It's you know what? How was, was those comments taken in Arizona? Yeah, a lot of fans reacted negatively, and that's natural. If someone says that they don't want to play for your team, then it turns out, well, I've got, I don't want you anyway. If you don't want to be here, I think with the last few years, there's been a lot of chaos in the Cardinals organization. Uh, obviously, it felt like last year during Hard Knocks, it was just one event after another. You had a bunch of off-season issues, the contractual drama season turns out where they just end up being essentially just one of the worst teams in football maybe the worst team through the first two games until they crazy come back and then you have report cards coming out about where the grades are questions about players having to pay for food not as much that's been provided to families and a lot of questions at least surrounding the general manager who did effectively step down for health reasons and some of the stuff that came out about that recently included you know, burner phones while he was supposed to be suspended. So there were a lot of questions people had about, is this a football owner who is really going to just have his hand on the Cardinals organization? And I think to his credit, one of the complaints that people had about the Cardinals ownership was that he wouldn't go outside the Arizona Cardinals. Everything was in the house. And when it's in the house, you really didn't have anyone challenging because it says, hey, I was at this other team. We did it this way and we know this will work. It's a lot different if people just been with the Cardinals for 20 plus years and that's the way that they've always done it he went out and hired a new general manager and then they brought in a head coach to create a new culture and what we've seen at least has been for a lot of the better we've seen that the team recently opened up a new play area for a lot of families to be able to bring their kids players have talked about how they didn't have to pay for meals at least at the the team facility like how there had been over the past few years and a lot of the criticism at least that had been leveraged toward the owner he seemed to take it to heart. They've brought in a new general manager who was able to go and hire a coach that kind of put his own guys in place, moved a lot of the old hats out of the way. And the fact that the players have responded very positively have created a great environment. They weren't devastated after the commander's game. They came back and even after the collapse to the Giants last week, like you feel like normally that would be a gut punch. What do they do instead after giving up, you know, the 31 points or so in the second half? They went out there and on the very first play, smacked the Cowboys in the face. So you're realizing this is a team that is on the rise and is building something. And so a lot of what we've seen, I think, with Arizona, this is a credit to the owner, was he heard what the criticism was and decided to make a change. And as a result, now there's a lot of people looking at Arizona, at least, that are saying like, hey, like, you know, J.J. Watts, that they're playing with a lot of fire and passion, at least for this year. He was on the team last year. So that obviously stands out. And you can at least say this is a team that people are now excited about some in Arizona. Put that on the other side, you can take a look at a team like the Chicago Bears, who, you know, they had whatever type of people said raid or just some of the chaos that happened there. 
questions about the press conferences. It's kind of like the script has almost been flipped where people are saying, oh, he's not going to want to go to the Cardinals. Now through three games, it's like, wow, Cardinals look like they'd be building something. Like he may actually have, you know, more of a desire to go to there than to try to embrace a mess in Chicago. The offensive line just looks completely inept there. They've really struggled as far as getting blown out pretty much every game this season. Um, it's not to say that like direct comparisons are there, but more just it looks like I think in one case you can see where when there's criticism level at a team, there's going to be problems and failures that you have. The question is always going to be how you respond to them. And at least the Cardinals, for what it's worth, they've at least responded positively. Now, how far that goes, maybe some of it just comes down to areas and stuff with ownership. But Arizona at least has a track record over the last few years of being able to sustain quarterbacks and you know, for one way or another, Kyler Murray's at least dedicated himself to coming back to this Cardinals team. It's not been a spot where we've heard that Kyler's just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to come back here, have this. He's gone out and has been attacking rehab, has wanted to get back to the Cardinals. And it is kind of a make or break year for him, but it's not necessarily a, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to make sure that I'm going to be going to whatever team gets for you next. Arizona's going down and picking another quarterback. That hasn't necessarily been the case. And so I think that when it comes down to it, I don't think that it's a spot as much of the Cardinals as national media would seem to imply, but that's only because of the changes that they've actually made going into this season. You've seen a lot of those changes paying off, such as Sunday's victory. I'm moving on to what I think is a quite a scary October for the Arizona Cardinals. Just to read out for our listeners, the 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 schedule they have to face. They've got to travel to San Francisco this coming Sunday. Then they're hosting the Bengals. They have to travel to Los Angeles Rams, then travel to the Seattle Seahawks, and then host the Baltimore Ravens. Quite a tough five games in that period. I think if, you know, if a lot of fans, if they could get two wins out of that, they'd be happy. But I'm sure after the confidence-boosting performances or first-half performance against the Giants and the performance against the, the Cowboys, you know, I believe some Carlos might have some belief that some of those games are more winnable than others. What do you feel going into this? Obviously, traveling to San Francisco is by far the toughest of those five games, I think. Do you think that there is much hope for the Cardinals to come out of those five games winning more than they've lost? Take your mute there, Blake. I was looking at the schedule myself on my screen, didn't see I was on mute. Yeah, I think if you talk to most Cardinals fans, looking at this Cowboys game even, through up with the Baltimore Ravens, people would be saying, where are the wins in that schedule? Just because those are all talented and playoff teams. It's a bit of a surprise win, at least, which is nice. But like you said, it is pretty brutal going forward. Um, Arizona's in a spot where they were able to be smart, efficient, be able to kind of catch the Cowboys, maybe in some regards off guard. Uh, some of that has to also go to they played great red zone defense. Dallas ultimately was only able to, I think, score one touchdown on four red zone trips. Teams are now at least aware that the Cardinals are going to be kind of playing discipline and not overlooking them. Um, Cowboys play the Patriots, I believe, this next upcoming week. I don't know if they were looking ahead necessarily or if it's hard to win on the road, but with Arizona right now, we'll see how the status is of Zayden Collins, who's their uh, linebacker and what his health is like. We also know Buda Baker is going to be out for the next uh, few games as well. He's on uh, IR to return. We don't know if he's going to be back after four games. It sounds like it may be longer. It's possible that the best chance, I think, for this team would be if they're able to go in in week five against the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow is not playing. The Bengals so far with Joe Burrow have actually looked really bad. Like, he just has looked hurt. Their offense has been out of sync. Their defense is missing Jesse Bates, who went to a different team in the offseason. 
that's going to be a home game. And if you're playing Jake Browning or a backup quarterback and Burrow's still out, that's probably your best chance to be able to pick up a win. Uh, after that, the Rams have been playing on a great level with Stafford. Their defense has not been as strong. I think that that maybe you could argue is winnable, but it, it's going to be really interesting because that's a road game. They've really struggled a lot of times with Los Angeles over the years. And the biggest weakness that they've had overall has really been when teams are able to run the ball on them up front and be able to do some of these passes and attacking their cornerbacks. They've done well with a lot of the deep passing attempts of being able to maintain coverage. It's just been kind of the quick hitters and a lot of those games where you have to be on top of it. That's where I think that there could be some struggles potentially against a team like Seattle with all of those receivers or the Baltimore Ravens, given that you got to watch Lamar Jackson's legs. And at that point, um, if that's going to be going through the month of October, and we've talked about, I think, health experts have guessed November. I've said maybe late October. Maybe you're looking at week eight of Kyle and Lily returning. If you're talking about anything further than that, all of a sudden you're talking about week nine, week 10. If that's going to be a two and 16 by that time, you're probably going to be looking at bringing Kyler Murray back and seeing how many wins you can go because you've got the softer part of your schedule coming up after that with some games against the Falcons, the Texans, and of course, to close out the season, the uh, Chicago Bears, which uh, some people, I think before the season, we talked about that as being like the Tank Bowl or like the Caleb Williams Bowl. Now you're looking at that of like, is, if Kyler Murray's back, the Cardinals are probably going to be the heavy favorites in this game. If he's not back by then, you're probably talking about a Cardinals team that's got one or two wins heading into that last stretch of the season. And if another team or two has figured it out, maybe Arizona decides that, hey, this is a good time as ever for the most part to be able to just kind of keep guys healthy for next year. We don't know really, and that's where some of the beauty, I think, of the NFL is, is that while we can project it for one thing um, for the whole season, it is still a week-to-week game, which is how you can say that the Cardinals went out and beat the Dallas Cowboys when, logically, you would think that the Commanders and the Giants would be the team if they had to get a win from. It'd be one of those. Uh, we'll see how the season bears out, but like you said, they're in the biggest, toughest part of October. I think they were able to get a good win over the Cowboys. I think that they'll have to play a similar game with being able to run the football, no turnovers, being able to uh, hold the other opposing teams, at least, in the red zone. It's a lot harder to see that against a really good Niners rushing defense, which has been so good at stopping the run. I think that they'll drop this game against the Niners, and then we'll see how they do against the Bengals the following week. Uh, but that's the best chance for a win, in my opinion. Well, thanks for sure. The Cardinal season will surely be fascinating. Blake Murphy, thank you very much for taking the time out to call in from Arizona as uh, to, I guess, expend all of your energy after a great win of the Cowboys. His hope is that the last one. Absolutely, Shane. Yeah, I know a lot of Cardinals fans coming into the season probably would hope it was the last one, at least for the tanking, but that's not how the organization's going to think. So we'll see if Arizona's able to pull off another upset or two, at least now that the rest of the league is on notice. Blake Murphy from Revenge of the Birds, thank you very much for joining the Irish NFL Show. Thanks so much for having me, Shane.